And just a heads up for people who don't know, our executive pastors, our senior pastors, Pastor Ryan and Suki Longfield, um, are on a... Uh, actually, they are moving. I think they're still in the process of moving. Um, so lots of unpacking to do and lots of um, setting up to do. And they just came back from a trip, a uh, much-needed vacation in Asia. Um, and also our executive pastor, Pastor Ryan Longville, is on a sabbatical. So with that said, uh, we have the guests, or the privilege of hearing from folks within the house. And she is someone who is our missions, our fearless missions leader. Yeah. She, <laughs> um, she has uh, a real, not, not only a gift, I want to say she, <laughs> she has um, a gift anointing office of evangelist. I mean, so I, someone, she's someone who honestly is so completely others focused, uh, more so than I think I am for sure. <laughs> so, um, and she's also part of the executive team, a uh, core group of team leaders. So it, let's give Emily Fu a great war welcome. Can you hear me? Whoa, okay. Great. Oh, so happy to see everyone's beautiful face. Um, thanks for being here on a sunny Sunday afternoon. I'm just really happy to, to share with you all. Um, I'm excited today because the topic is, is one related to, related to what Angela shared. Thank you so much, Angela, for sharing that. And um, I was supposed to wear a black shirt today to represent our home group, but I don't have any short sleeve black shirts and it's so hot, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but we have our home group representing. Um, developing a lifestyle of partnering with God on his mission and um, following his ways. Um, how can we overcome some of the common obstacles as we continually give him our yes on this journey of being consumed with his mission, which is one of the ARC's priorities this year? So um, one of my dreams, actually, is, is for every one of us to wake up in the morning and just have this deep sense of purpose like, I'm meant to do something today with God. I'm motivated, I'm passionate, I'm uh, focused, and I'm sacrificially loving. Um, an analogy is that of a professional athlete focused on their goal. Uh, they, you know, their goal, it just dictates everything about their life, what they eat, when they sleep, hours and hours of practice each day, um, following their coach to a T, hopefully. Um, and we're on a team together. We're on God's team. Um, except the prize is eternal, <laughs> unlike, the, unlike for the Warriors. And it also means, you know, that each of us, each of us matters in this game, um, even, if, even if you're making mistakes like cousins. But um, anyways, <laughs> so, so, some of my, uh, so, uh, just threw some shade, uh, some of my most favorite inspirational people who embody this lifestyle are MLK, um, Martyr for the Kingdom of God, um, Iris Ministries, Roland and Heidi Baker, and the whole body of Christ is growing in Mozambique. Um, the Heavenly Man, Brother Yoon, I'm going to share one of his stories later today, but, and Ryan and Suki, um, really want to honor them because today is Ryan's, I don't know if he wants me to reveal his age, but, 40, the big, the big, the big four zero. <laughs> The big four says tomorrow is Pastor Suki's birthday. Yes. And fun fact, um, because Suki was born in Asia, 
Ryan was born in the States. They were literally born on the same day, um, you know, the fifth and the fourth, and true soulmates. Um, their marriage has, like, birthed so much in the kingdom. Happy birthday, Ryan Suki, if you listen to this podcast, we love you. Um, <laughs> so I'm really praying, I'm really praying that by the end of this hour today, um, we're, we're all inspired. We're all inspired and just better equipped to build this lifestyle that partners with God. And um, how our lifestyle could look different than the world, could look different than if we were just living on our own. And so um, let's ask for God's help, because it's all about Him. It's really dependent upon His presence and um, His person in this space and in our hearts. So, Heavenly Father, we want to follow You. Jesus, um, we need Your help. Holy Spirit, I, I just ask that you would breathe upon each one of us in this time. Lord, speak to each one of us personally in a way that really shifts something within us and, and, and in our life, God, for your eternal purposes and for your glory, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Um, so first, as a quick intro recap, what is his mission um, that we're invited to be a part of and to build a lifestyle around? His mission is to redeem the world write the story from creation in the Garden of Eden to all the way to heaven with all nations represented. And it's a beautiful story that we're invited to be a part of. And thankfully, uh, we're empowered. We're not just like called to something that we can't do, and it's just super frustrating. That's how it was for me before. But we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, as it says in Acts 1.8. And we just need to say yes, um, and to say a continual yes, which is the hard part, I think. Um, it requires a whole lifestyle building around this. And so we always need to remember the why as well. Um, what inspires us? What's your inspiration? Why say yes to being a part of God's mission? Well, I think it's different for each of us, but for me, the experience of being saved and of God transforming me from the inside out and my entire life being different, like if you knew me 10 years ago, I was like super sad um, I was struggling with some mental, like, really real mental conditions, mental health conditions. Um, I didn't have good relationships, and it was just terrible. I didn't want to do this thing anymore. Um, but after Jesus encountered me, like, and, and, and I, I had that visceral experience of transformation, like, I, the cross became real to me, like, the radical cross uh, that Jesus gave his life so that I could have life, it became real. And at that point, I was just like, God, I give you my all, like everything, consume me, consume my life, like I'm all yours. Um, yeah, and I think the second thing that motivates me is, is God's given all of us, I believe, a desire for greatness, for purpose, for significance, not to be confused with unconditional love, but truly a reason to like know that we're a part of something greater than ourselves and the cry of my heart is God catch me up in your story um, there's a song that I hop sang over and over and over on a track it's like catch me up in your glory all my life uh, catch me up in your story all my life for your glory and I just hear that like echoing in my spirit and that's that's why but what, what's your inspiration um, need to just keep that in mind and what is our role? Just breezing through the introduction, setting some foundation. What is our role? So what are some aspects of your role in his mission currently? 
because I think we don't want to like limit what it could look like, and so just trying to broaden as much as possible the combination of what our role can look like, many different things assigned by God, building a healthy family, working with integrity, um, prayer and intercession for the world as we did this past Wednesday, evangelism and discipleship in an explicit sense, justice work for people who are facing poverty and oppression and all the different ways that that can look, um, environmental care, serving through our church, caring for the body of Christ, um, reaching the world through the church, and as much variety as there are Christians in the world. So uh, as we go through this talk today, I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, landlocked into a certain expression, but and this is not even a complete list by far. It's, you know, so just as a disclaimer. But the meat of our time today is really the how, um, the question of how. And um, I'd like to encourage us all with, with some of the ways of God that we can expect to be in play, dynamics that we can expect to um, be going on through God as we're partnering with him because he is almighty. And there are ways that are different than ours. There are ways that are different than the world's. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 12, 2. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, 9. Um, so one of my favorite things about God is that his love is just so, so pure. And, um, <laughs> okay, that'll, the otter will make sense later. But um, <laughs> his love is so pure. He, he, he empowers us to embody this pure love. And a heart check, a question for, for us, like what are our priorities and our goals in life? Um, how do we make our daily choices? Do we find ourselves focusing on our own happiness, our comfort, trying to build a secure future for ourselves in this temporary earth? Or do we focus on loving God, loving people with eternal effects? When I consider my own heart, honestly, it's a mixture of motives, and I think that's okay. But uh, being on his mission is, it's really a journey of developing into the likeness of Christ in the purity of his love. And eventually I think we'll say what he said. I'll give I'd give my life for you. So when I try to love people, another question is, are my actions really for the sake of the other person, or are they mostly to feel a little better about myself, to quell my conscience, to earn love, to find my significance? How can we tell if we're doing something to gain love or something out of love? And um, a story about that is, there was a time in my life when I really questioned my significance. And I asked God, why do I mean anything to you? Almighty God, I looked at the sky. There are so many people in the world who love you better than I do. And he said, imagine you were a zookeeper and you only had one otter. He knows how much I love otters. <laughs> I was just like imagining myself holding this otter, swimming in the water with him. <laughs> and then, he knew how much I would cherish this otter, and at that moment he said, well, you're my only Emmy. And it's, it's the uniqueness of who we are that uh, is significant to God. It's, it's his pure and unconditional love. And um, this, is, this is the love that, that we can receive and 
freely give to others. Maybe we'll become an otter that prays. Um, but <laughs> anyways. So God's way is pure love. Um, God's way is overflow. Um, while the world only sees cups that are half empty, glasses that are half full, um, the Lord sees cups that run over. Like Psalm 23, 5. My cup runneth over. Uh, Christina Boyles once shared something with me that really struck me. She said, you know, when John and I got out of the red after a baby season, after overcoming sickness, and we found ourselves with some extra bandwidth, we began to think and dream about how we could, how we could serve more, how we could give more, and I was just blown away. It's like, wow, that is just the opposite of gluttony, greed, self-preservation, and the ways of the world. Like, when my needs are fulfilled, just right at that moment, I want to give to others. I want to give for the Lord. Um, and that's so beautiful. It's like our cups are full. They're overflowing instead of becoming stale, and people just glean from that fresh water. Um, don't get me wrong. There's real poverty. There are real needs that are emotional, relational, physical. But above a certain threshold, maybe you could say, like, the top of your cup is the threshold um, it kind of all becomes relative after that, right, if you've, no if you've noticed. I was talking to Ryan once about this, and there's, like, not much more to gain once, once you're pretty good, you know. Our experience of joy becomes relative after that. And I'll be watching, like, a fifth episode of Parks and Recreation, and it'll be like, mm, it's not quite as good as the first. How can I, uh, how can I do something that's more life-giving for others and for me? Um, you know, I can't eat all these donuts, so uh, I'm just gonna pass them around. It's like, how many, how many donuts, how many donuts can you really eat? <laughs> I'm gonna start over here. I guess. <laughs> how many donuts can you eat? <laughs> um, do we really have to drive an hour and wait in line for an hour for the perfect donuts? <laughs> it's kind of like this thing where we could just overflow. And there are times when I'm hanging out with friends from the Ark, maybe waiting in that donut line, and my cup is filled with joy and fun, and I feel like it's time. I feel like it's about time to start doing something together for the world. Um, we're good, you know? It's time to invite someone new into our circle. It's time to create a new space uh, for those who are not in the kingdom. And I love that our communities at the Ark, our home groups, our college group have really been a space where people have truly this year come to faith in Jesus um, as a result of being welcomed into these communities. Praise God. And not only this, but another aspect of God's way of overflow is it's such that when we give out of his love, his first way, he fills us too. And Jesus said, you know, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. John 4, 34. And I think that one of the reasons that, like, my life has been somewhat consumed by his mission is it brings me joy. Um, the joy of the Lord comes to me, and that's my strength to continue going. I genuinely, like, want to spend my free time having fun with friends and family by reaching out to others together. Some of the most fun moments of my life have been overseas with ARC, on trips, uh, a lot of moments for some reason came to my mind of us like dancing in the streets, 
And so um, in Nepal in 2017, um, this, was, this was Calcutta 2015, we were, we were dancing in the streets on New Year's Eve, that's why the flower, I mean the balloons and the streamers. Um, you see Ilani there, Hattie, Gwen, I think that's, I think that's Henry. And so it was a great time. It's New Year's Eve. I can, I'll never forget that Gwen actually won the dance-off in the street that night. Like, she got into this thing. She got really into it. Like, like they know. Uh, it was, Gwen's not here, but it was amazing. And she, like, everybody else backed off. They're like, okay, you win, you win. Um, <laughs> but uh, the next year, Antonio came with us, and he... Antonio is here, right? He, he set people free with his dancing because um, people saw his freedom and like the way he's just joyful and having fun. Um, so another time was Calcutta. Anyway, it was Nepal. I just talked about Calcutta. Nepal 2017. We were also dancing in the street. It was after an amazing night and that night consisted of us sharing the gospel in front of a Hindu temple that was in ruins. And then there was this one woman who we were really interacting with, ministering to, and she ended up praying to give her life to Jesus, and her husband was already a believer. Um, oh, wait, no, her husband was not a believer, so that was the roadblock, um, but she did give her life to Jesus and was going to go to church and everything, and we were walking along. We saw a man um, with a leg problem, and when we prayed for him, Jesus healed him, and we were just dancing with joy as we went home. We're like, we saw God. Um, we're so full of joy. And so those are some of the most fun moments. And a question for you then. What's life-giving for you to do? Um, what are your hobbies? Like John Boyle says, like some build nights, like with his friends from work who are not necessarily believers, but they have a great time. And I believe that John's presence is just ministering to his coworkers in that time. What could we do that's life-giving to us and overflows to others? Uh, another one of God's ways is God's way is unity. Um, I want to touch on this because, especially in our individualistic American culture and the way that God is so different than the world, uh, different than how we might think, this is just not an individual journey. Um, God's way is unity. Jesus' prayer in John 17, the high priestly prayer, I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfectly united so that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. So God's way is unity. It's a spiritual unity. It's the blood of Jesus that runs through all of our veins, makes us blood relatives. And this unity, it creates synergy you know, we all have different strengths. Um, one of my best friends, Ening, I feel like is, sees things differently than I do, is different than I am, but sharpens me a lot, helps me to see things that I wouldn't have noticed that are super important pieces of God's mission. So unity, it creates this synergy, it's powerful, and I'm inspired by, like, the unity of the marriages, by the way, shout out, marriages, and families at the Ark, uh, Joel and Katie just married yesterday. We already clapped for them. But um, I believe that their lifelong partnership is just really going to bless everybody that they meet, like beyond each other. And the kids that we have here at the Ark are incredible. 
we were talking about is he the other day and i believe they're going to be a whole generation that will inherit the physical emotional health that we've built here i believe they're going to be powerful they are being powerfully equipped they're going to be influential in the world and that uh, sounds familiar yeah. to some of us arc members um <laughs> it, equipped in the spirit powerful in the world um that's like something that the arc um wants all of our disciples to be and it's but really um the unity of our families is takes so much work but is so worth it and uh, another story of unity a story of unity from manila the arc's mission in manila um, in 2014, we began supporting some ministries in Manila to empower families, to uh, families and their kids, really, to rise out of some extreme conditions of poverty in uh, what, what, what they call recycling communities. And the recycling communities essentially consist of homes, makeshift homes that are built on top of the city's landfill. And it's just um, a difficult situation. And that was our, our mission was to support these families and kids through, through the ministries there. But then um, that started in 2014, and two years later in 2016, our host in Manila wanted to introduce us to a church called Every Nation Church by the umbrella name. And that was a very wealthy church in Manila. Um, our host wanted to host, have a gathering. Um, at, at their, at his, host, his residence had this amazing pool. That's Josh and Emily Tovar and Karen Treo and Jackie. Um, so it was this, this juxtaposition of like the wealth and the poverty that existed in that city. At first I thought, hmm, this doesn't seem like a part of God's mission for us. I think we're meant to be like focused on this side. But then Pastor Suki, she sent us this text message and she said she had a dream from God that we had got in touch with a church called Every Nation Church. And she didn't know, obviously, I mean, this is from God. She didn't know that we had been talking about this. And in her dream, like, that connection was a blessing all around to us, to them, and to those that we were hoping to serve. So ever since then, um, God has been opening doors for us to help with the bridge building between the wealthy Christians in Manila and the Christians that are living in poverty in Manila. And so I think unity is really important to God because he, he brought that up. We didn't think of it. <laughs> um, next, going to just breeze through the next three because I want to get to the overcoming obstacles part. But next, next thing is God's way is faithfulness. Um, he's faithful to us, and I just desperately want to be faithful to him. I want to hear him say, like, that day when we all meet him face to face, and he says, well done good and faithful servant, that's just going to mean everything. He showed me when I was meditating on this word faithful that the word faithful means to take actions faithfully while being full of faith. And, uh, you know, for a period of time, I was faithful with my actions, but I really wasn't full of faith. And I was discouraged. I was burning out. My work and my service to God felt kind of routine and kind of like, I don't know what's going to come of this, but when I'm full of faith, that I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I have faith that God is doing something, um, God just is able to do so much. And so God's way is faithfulness. Uh, next God's way is limitless because of the cross. 
Um, Jesus took the tea out of our cant, and now we can. <laughs> because of the cross. I didn't draw that. I stole it. I stole it. <laughs> um, I'll never forget the time that I was in, I was with Irish Ministries in Mozambique uh, in 2010, and we hosted this conference and invited all the surrounding villages to come and hear the gospel. People traveled for hours um, to come and be there, to stay the weekend, and hear about Jesus. And one morning for breakfast, it was clear that we didn't have enough bread rolls. It was like this bag and like this crowd of people who had just slept like on the dirt just to stay longer. And I felt terrible because obviously um, we don't want to come to the end of the line and be like, oh, sorry, we're out. You're just going to have to, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, it must have been what Jesus felt when he was sharing that one time, and then he said to his disciples, I don't want to send them away hungry. So um, we just started to pass out the bread rolls from our bag, and they literally did not run out. Um, and God is limitless. God is, he owns the cattle on a thousand fields. Um, he, he just, he, we can't fathom what his ways will be. We can't limit what he would do. And so let's really believe uh, that we can do anything with God as we consider our, our lifestyle. Um, next, God's way is creative. God's way is creative. I, I, like, I thoroughly enjoy the way that God gives us a choice and he gives us space to be creative because he's a creator. He's creative and he created us with the breath of life to be humans, to be, um, have our own thoughts and ideas, um, strangely independent of him, but he believes in us and he believes in how he created us to be. He wants partners and he wants co-owners, um, co-heirs, the word says, of his kingdom. And he's raising us up to be creative while operating by his ways. So there's a pastor named T.G. Jakes who I like, and I once heard him say, God created trees. He didn't create a table. He didn't create chairs. He didn't create houses. Just trees. And some very creative people next to the trees. <laughs> so my encouragement to us is let's look at what God has given us and imagine what could it become. Take, take inventory. I really, sometimes I sit in my room and I, I, like, I enjoy thinking about this, taking inventory of what God has given me in my life, um, praying over the things that I have just in this current season and strategizing with God, like what could this become? What could it be? What could we create, thinking about our whole community, what could we create for God that would be a thank offering for all that he's done for us? Just really desire to make something amazing for God um, that blesses his people in this world. And thankfully we have this way of creativity along the way. So um, next section of this talk is knowing God's ways, knowing that he's pure love, he's united, he's faithful, he's limitless, he's creative. How would that affect how we channel these aspects of our life? How would knowing those things 
are true about God change how we steward our time, our relationships, and our material possessions. It's that inventory that we're looking at. I have this life that God's given me. I have a new day. I have actually like probably many years to come to work with, and I have all these relationships that God's given me. I have so, me- so much wealth um, in America, and I've read a statistic once, side note that, um, actually no time for side notes, never mind. But, uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, stewarding these things. Pastor Ryan, he, he, so first starting with time, Pastor Ryan taught us a time management seminar a few years ago that I still remember. In summary, it's like make space for your biggest priorities first and block those off, even in like put them in your Google calendar with some events that repeat. So you're creating a lifestyle, you're creating a lifestyle um, out of the priorities first and then everything else will kind of fall into place, right? So your physical health, your sleep, exercise, healthy food, your spiritual health, time to connect with God in the word and prayer and with the community, uh, relational health even beyond that, like family and friends, just to have fun and to have depth in those relationships and rest, just including time to just do nothing is important. Um, and spiritual outlets, I think that's one of the things maybe not all of us have like on our Google Calendar, but outreach is a necessity. It's, it's a priority, whatever expression that takes. Um, if we don't have an outlet, we're just going to become stagnant, we're gonna become stale like that. We won't, we're, we won't overflow um, like, like God's ways. And so all our, all our relational connections means like taking inventory of your, who's in your family that God's intentionally placed, um, who are your friends, your coworkers, and your church. Every relationship has potential. And as each of us who are ARC members are, are, are challenged with this uh, fight, fight for five, we're fighting for five people in our life um, who in a non-creepy way we've written down on this card and hold with us in our wallets every day. <laughs> um, we're fighting for people in our lives who don't know Jesus yet. And I want to encourage us briefly by remembering the stories of a couple of our sisters, Candy Shao and Nina Lee, uh, who someone invited them to church and they encountered Jesus here at the Ark when they were exchange students from China. And um, they said like when they were in our time of worship led by Stephen Joy and our whole team, they, they said they felt something and they just began to cry without really knowing why. Um, but they knew it was something real. And they began this journey of asking questions about Jesus and coming to faith in him. And since then, they've joined international missions teams with the Ark. And everywhere they go in the world, we just, Tiffany Hsu especially knows, keeps in touch with them, and hears about all the things they're doing to share Jesus wherever they go. So, you know, we never know what could happen in our relationships. Somebody we know who's an exchange student, um, when we invite them to church or we invite them to the Alpha course is going on right now that Ilani's leading with, with Jess and some others. Like, for people who are seeking faith, we never know uh, what could happen, which person in your life that God could reach. And so that's relationships. And all our material possessions, um, maybe money in the bank or maybe actually items that you have. Like, one of my heroes, Brother Yoon, um, from our picture, he, he considered his earthly possessions basically only useful for eternal purposes. Like, he just translated it. And uh, one of my favorite stories from his biography, The Heavenly Man, 
was from a time when he was in prison in China for the gospel. And one of his inmates was a man named Huang, and he was tormented. He was violent. He was so violent that guards had to put him in cuffs around his back and also cuffs around his ankles so that he wouldn't attack the other inmates. And he was so tormented that, like, even though he was bound like this, he would just jump up and down and writhe until you could see the bone through his skin, like, because of the ankle braces. Um, and just this man that God had compassion on. The conditions in the prisons in China were terrible. Um, in reported in his biography, many meals were just this watery rice porridge. And their most substantial, most substantial food item the whole week that they waited for was this manto. My pronunciation is terrible, manto. Some of you know what that is. It's, it's, it's a bread roll. It's a bread roll. Um, they received it just once a week. And Brother Yun and the, um, Brother Yun and the other Christians, they were, they were assigned to have Huang in their cell because he couldn't, the other inmates would just, would just tease him and pour his food over him. And so uh, when he came into Brother Yoon's cell, Brother Yoon had already began to disciple the other prison mates to follow in Jesus' ways of <coughs> overflow, um, even though in this case they didn't even have enough for themselves, and that's where the pure love comes in, I believe. Um, but this one time when they received their weekly manto, the Holy Spirit spoke to Brother Yoon, and I don't want to butcher this story, so he said... He tried to eat the manto, but when he took the first bite, he felt gripped by the Holy Spirit, and he heard this tender voice of God within him saying, I died for you on the cross. How can you show me that you love me? When I am hungry, thirsty, and in prison, if you do these things to the least of my brothers, you do them unto me. And so he, he put the manto in his pocket, and as soon as he did that, he felt peace and joy return to him. And the next morning, the breakfast that was given was just this watery soup with just a few soggy noodles, and Huang had this angry fit, and he shouted at the guards, like, are you trying to starve me before you execute me? And at that moment, Brother Yun heard God's voice say, hurry, take the manto, and he took it from his shirt, he broke it into pieces, and put it into Huang's soup, and Huang just broke down at that point. He fell to his knees, and he said, older brother, why do you love me like this? Why didn't you eat your bread last night? Then Brother Yun shared with him, it's because Jesus loves you. If we didn't believe in him, we would treat you like the other inmates did. And at that point, Huang repented. He put his trust in Jesus. Began to share. He began to share with other inmates as well. And so it's not nearly the same, but the Lord spoke to me before um, about this sacrificial love. Like, give the best of whatever you have on hand. Um, give people your best. Give the person in front of you your very best because I love them. Um, I'm going to skip a few slides to get to, in summary, a lifestyle of partnering with God. Um, his love fuels us. It fuels our love for him and others. His spirit empowers us to live by his ways that are higher than ours, different than the world's, 
And as we apply all that we are, our unique person, our DNA, our family background, our personality, our gifts, our life experiences, the key things that God's taught us, as we apply all of those to steward, channel the things that we have, all that we have, on his mission to redeem the world and people to himself. Um, That's my vision of a lifestyle. And I just want to share some common obstacles that come along the way. And how can we overcome these things? Because we might start off doing something, but just some things get in the way. Um, One of them is is being comfortable. And not just comfortable, but but too comfortable. And um, John Boyle spoke recently about godly discomfort. And I believe we can we can choose to be fully alive and engaged um, instead, of, instead of being too comfortable. And so, Lord, uh, we repent for the times that, that we've placed your comfort before your mission, and we ask for your Holy Spirit to bring to mind as we're going about our lifestyle. What are ways that we can step out of our comfort? Um, perhaps it's learning about issues in the world and what we can do. Perhaps it's going out of our way like Angela to sit down with somebody we wouldn't normally talk to. But one of the keys I want to share with us about how to overcome this too comfortable obstacle is to stay hungry. And I relate to this because for most of my life, I was really struggling. I was fighting to stay afloat, and so I was starving for God. <laughs> but after Jesus saved me and healed me, and I was like, I'm, I'm on solid ground. Like, am I still hungry? Um, I'm happy with my life, but now I want to be hungry for the salvation of others. Like, Jesus has brought heaven to me, but now I want to bring heaven to others. But I don't feel that hunger in my body. It's not in my emotions. Like, how can I get hungry enough to receive enough of God that it will overflow to an entire nation? How can I get that hungry? Did you know that you can cultivate hunger? Hearing testimonies makes us hungry. Um, fasting makes us hungry. I think that's one of the reasons. That's a spiritual discipline. My, one of my heroes, Heidi Baker, says she fasts simply to be hungry. It's not an exchange thing with God. It's not this, like, I used to think, like, what is that? How does fasting make sense? Like, is this the thing, God, the power thing that you're doing, God, where, like, I need to give you something so that you'll do something or whatever? But it's not that God is withholding anything with us. It's because we need to be hungry enough to receive from him. Like, hunger is the key to heaven. One of the keys. Jesus is the key, but (laughs) hunger is a key. One of the keys. So, um, fasting, I want to commit before you all. Wait, no, I'm not supposed to do that because they say fast in secret. Never mind. We're all going to fast in secret. Okay, we'll commit to that. Okay. Um, Next, though, fear fear of man is another obstacle. Um, Fear of man, advancing God's mission by standing up for what's right. Like, that can get you in trouble with people who disagree. Uh, Which is what happened to people we know. People, MLK, um, it's why he's considered a martyr for the kingdom. Advancing God's mission by standing up for, up for what's right in the face of the fear of man, in the face of even just like everyday evangelism things at work, like the thoughts that run through our head. Do people know that I'm Christian? Like, what will they think if I share something about my faith with them? Like, will they think I'm trying to convert them? Um, 
we can overcome this fear with love and with vision. I think like I think it's it's fortunate that we live in this culture where Christianity actually has a negative connotation. It's this opportunity. I see it I see the vision behind this opportunity like Jesus is misunderstood and one of the things that hurts me the most is when people misunderstand me. I'm like, "Oh, I I really didn't mean it that way." And I think for us to be able to help people see Jesus for who he really is is an amazing privilege. So for all the misconceptions that go on in our world, in our culture about what is Christianity, who is Jesus like, his heart is going to be so blessed. His heart is going to just explode with joy when he's like, oh, this person finally understands me. Like, I finally have a way to their heart. I finally, uh, I finally can interact with them and be with them again. Like, they can finally come into my house forever. And my vision is just the joy that's going to be on Jesus' heart when we represent him. Um, the next obstacle, busyness, is super real. <laughs> okay. This is too real. This is too real. DW with the bags under her eyes and us thinking we can fit things <laughs> into our schedule. Becoming a parent is another level of busy and it's challenging to have time to do anything else. But the good news is Time is not a limitation for God. Jesus' public ministry is only three years long, and all of history pivoted on it. I know we're not Jesus, but he was tending to show us how to follow in his footsteps. And if we can reach one person, like he reached 12 disciples most closely, if we can reach one person and that person reaches more people and those people reach more people, then uh, it's limitless. His ways are limitless, and they multiply. Another way to overcome busyness is with strategic movements, um, spirit-led movements. Like, I was actually playing video games with my brother and my nephews over Christmas, and my younger nephews were all, like, mashing the keys together, and their characters were just, like, flailing their arms around. And then my brother was just, like, making these strategic hits that destroyed all of them. Um, and so it's like, the Lord spoke to me at that moment. Find, 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 find some focus. Don't just, like, do everything, but be strategic and led by my spirit. Um, the ARC's executive team makes, tries to make and really does do strategic decisions for the direction of the church. And the three things that we anchor our decisions on are heeding the voice of God, doing what's authentic, to reach the world through the church. And so some examples of heeding the voice of God. Um, Ilani and I have like this prophetic unity thing that goes on. I like to call it prophetic unity because every time we're overseas and we're like facilitating a trip, we'll just take a minute to ask God together like, God, uh, which person do you want to assign to like preach in the village today? And then we'll wait for a moment. And almost always, I swear, we hear from God the same person's name, and then it's awesome. Um, and we didn't have to, like, you know, go through the whole team and ask everybody and take all that effort and time and stuff. Um, I think sometimes it's really an efficiency thing, but it also blesses the heart of God that we listen to him, that we partner with him in that way. So that's really what it's about, but it saves time, too. It saves time on the streets. Uh, when we go out to, like, reach people on the street after church, it's like instead of spending a ton of energy talking to everyone in the city, 
Um, one time, like, we were praying, and three of us heard the name Paul, and we, one of us saw the location, a location in their mind's eye from God, like, this place by Unit 3. And we met two people named Paul there, even though it was after dark and there weren't that many people. Um, one, of them, one of them ended up praying right there on the spot, giving his life to Jesus. He was a teenager. He, he asked to join a youth group. It was just spirit-led. Um, I'm going to get past, I'm going to skip over the discouragement one. But if we're discouraged, God is faithful and we can encourage each other simply. <laughs> In simple words. <laughs> going to skip over the uh, fear of pain and loss and lack. <laughs> Lastly, we can outweigh any obstacle. <laughs> we can outweigh any obstacle if we keep our eye on the prize. I think that's what Brother Yun did. Like, his eye was on loving Jesus. Um, our prize is the redemption of the world. Our prize is the salvation of others. Our prize is becoming more like Jesus ourselves. Every time we step out of our comfort zones or kick fear in the face or rise out of our discouragement or give out of our overflow, we're becoming more like Jesus in his pure love. And lastly, we can, we can outweigh the obstacles by going together. So let's go together. Um, I've heard it said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So, you know, there's so many ways to partner with each other that we're still forming. Um, but I want to pass out some cards with some outreach avenues that are through the ARC right now. These are actually made in May, so they don't have the newest thing we started, which is the Alpha Course. But uh, you might have already taken one. If you did, don't worry. But just pass them around. They're also in the back. Um, so those are some of the ways to go together. This is Foster the Bay cards that I'll put in the back. But, yeah, fam. Um, as a closing exhortation, like, I'm really desperate for, to see us work together in this generation to give just this great big gift to the Lord for the world. Um, so let's do this. Let's, let's do this together. Let's do this right um, let's love God and love people with all that we have and all that we are. Lord, our prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Thank you, Emily. Um, I feel like, um, yeah, thank you so much for a Angela sharing the testimony and Emily sharing that word. Uh, I feel like we just caught like barely a little tiny glimpse of the heart of God there with respect to how much he loves the world. Um, I just want to encourage us. Um, I think especially in this culture, there's always so much to do and there's so much to do where the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, right? We hear this, it's in the Bible, uh, and we hear it time and time again. And that's not to, at all to bring condemnation or anything, um, but I think going back to um, a little bit what Emily was sharing, also something that the ARC intercession team was praying to this morning is about asking God for wisdom. Um, 
like that picture that Emily got when she got the revelation of watching her brother play video games, I think was so on point, um, right? It's like we could, um, actually one time it was funny, Pastor Suki shared this image she had when she saw her two daughters running around the house. They were like running around the house. She has two little girls. They're running around the house uh, with the stuffed animals, kind of like going back and forth and back and forth, just, just making themselves busy for the sake of being busy. <laughs> and in that moment, she had the revelation. She's like, oftentimes we're like that. <laughs> we just, there's so much to do, and then we, we make ourselves busy just to be busy. But we could actually just pause for a moment and just ask the Lord, like, God, what do you, like, how can, what part do I play to bring, to make earth look a little more like heaven? Like, what's my role? We, all of us have a role. And, and like, size, quote unquote, doesn't matter or none of that matters. It's just, Lord, like, what is, what's my role? What's the part I play? If we all make up a body, every part, whether the toenail or the brain or whatever, it all plays a part, right? Um, and so, Lord, like, asking God, like, what is my part to play in, in bringing, like, heaven on earth and making this look a little more like where you live, Lord? Um, so yeah, I just want to exhort us with that. Um, and if worship team could come up as well, we're going to open the altar. Uh, per usual, we have altar ministry here, which and that means basically we have prayer ministers here um, in the front. If you need prayer for anything, if you want to respond to the word that Emily gave, um, if you want someone to bear witness to what God is doing in your life, if you need prayer for anything, please do come up. We invite you. Um, and there'll be people here praying for you. Also, the altar or essentially the front is open if you want just time with Jesus uh, to process the word and respond. Um, and uh, we'll probably just sing maybe one or, or two worship songs. And then if you feel like you need to go, be blessed and go. Um, I'll just close us in prayer and then just open this up. Um, Lord, I thank you for the word that you gave through Emily. Um, and God, I pray that you would release to us, God, a spirit of, of discernment and wisdom and understanding so that, God, we could understand our part to play in this life, God, uh, to make earth look a little more like heaven, God. And Lord, I'm just reminded in your word, you say, uh, I think it's King David who says, teach us to number our days. And God, this life is, it is short. It is very short, God. And so, Lord, I pray that you would teach us how to, to present to you a life that we have, quote, unquote, wasted upon you, God. That we have just spent upon you, God. Like, yeah. And so, Lord, teach us, give us wisdom and discernment. Show us, Lord God, how to spend these days and number our days for you. Um, yeah, in Jesus' name, amen.